This is In the Trenches, broadcast 44. Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today's guest is Danny Innie, and he's the founder of Firepole Marketing, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Engagement from Scratch, and the creator of the Audience Business Masterclass training program. Danny, how's it going? Tom, I am doing great, and I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Really excited to have you here. Now, a little background for the audience. Met Danny, I want to say maybe like a year and a half ago now. I think it was at WDS um, back in in Portland, if I'm not mistaken, a year and a half ago. So not this last one, but the one before that. And since then, I've stayed in contact. And I've, I've, you know, I, I say that because I, you know, I, I don't obviously I'm not capable of staying in contact with everybody. But I found that staying in contact with you, Danny, in particular, has been um, in, in like instrumental in a lot of my success and, and helping me uh, learn online business and, and do the things that I'm doing um, really well. So for anybody who's interested, you know, before we even start the conversation, you'll, you'll get it as you listen to Dan's, uh, this interview and, and, and what Danny's all about. But I would highly recommend checking out Firepole Marketing and um, signing up for Danny's list. It's really good stuff. So oh, now I'm blushing. Good. You should be. So, <laughs> so hey, so Danny, let's, let's go ahead and, and just start with your story, man. What's your background? And then we'll get into a little bit of uh, you know, Firepole Marketing and the founding of that. Sure. So I'll, I'll do the really nutshell version and you tell me what you want to kind of drill into. Cool. So I quit school when I was 15 to start my first business. Um, and I kind of bounced around from project to project. And in 2007 or so, I arrived at kind of the, my first big, well, big-ish um, kind of venture software project. We were building software that teaches kids how to read, which is something that I care a lot about. And um, for a variety of reasons... Um, that business fell apart. Um, first of all, I was a young and inexperienced CEO in what turns out to be one of the most complicated industries on the face of the earth. Um, and the markets crashed, and, and that kind of dealt us the, the death blow. And so that all fell apart. And I was just thinking, what am I going to do next? And I looked at started teaching some of the things that I had learned from my experiences, from all of my mistakes and from the things that had gone well, from the things that hadn't. And it's really interesting. It's ironic because, um, you know, people who haven't been there, you know, you, you don't project what it's going to be like if you're running a big business and it falls apart. Um, but if you've been there, then you absolutely know that it's a lot like going through a really bad breakup. It's really rough emotionally. And after a breakup, you're not ready to dive into a, a new relationship right away. You know, you need some time to just lick your wounds and, and recover. And that's kind of where I was at. And so Firepole Marketing was, you know, a side project, something I could do and build and, and, you know, create an income and make an impact without it being too big of a commitment, right? It was like the, it was the, it was the rebound in a lot of ways. And it's just kind of ballooned and exploded into this thing that's got a, an amazing life of its own. Um, it kind of started Firepole Marketing at the tail end of 2010, beginning of 2011. Um, it was just zero at, you know, at nothing Nothing was going on. And today, um, I'm leading a team of 15 people. We're serving a community of uh, many tens of thousands, um, including thousands of students, thousands of our customers, 
um, at a run rate of about a million five per year and growing. And uh, it's just been the craziest, wildest, most exciting ride of my life. And I'm uh, really excited because this is just the beginning. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about the, because I, I read on your, your site, and I think we talked about this before, you started essentially in the hole when you, when you started this because you were, you were in debt. So not only have you built it to what it's, what it's at right now, but you started it with um, quite a bit of debt. So tell me about that process. Like, what was that like to, to dive into this, knowing you, have, know, knowing you have this debt, you have to get out of it, um, and, and trying to build something from, from that context? Um, yeah, sure. So coming off of my previous startup, I, had, uh, I was stuck with about a quarter of a million dollars in personal debt. Um, so, you know, that was not a happy situation. But, you know, for every situation that life throws at you, there's a positive and there's a negative. So you go through a tough failure. And, and I, I use that word um, hesitantly. I don't like the word failure. I, I, I like to say that it's only failure if it's in the last chapter, right? Otherwise, it's a plot twist. And that's really where your learning and experience comes from. But so this business had fallen apart and I was in uh, what you might call a disadvantaged situation. Um, but it was so, so bad, you could say, you know, a quarter of a million dollars is a lot of money that I was kind of thinking, well, I can go and get a regular day job and live on peanut butter and jelly and, and pay the rest into paying off my debt. And that would be done in about 15 years. <laughs> So that really wasn't an option. So I was like, okay, well then, if that's off the table, then what I'm really looking at is paying, you know, meeting all my minimums, obviously, and you've got to make all your payments. But beyond that, focusing on growing my earning power. And I think there's an important um, insight here, which is I feel like um, most people misconstrue the character of wealth. They think of wealth in a way that just, I, I don't think accurately reflects, reflects the way it is. Now, if you've spoken ever with an accountant, I'm sure you've heard them say that wealth is created on the balance sheet, right? And, and what that basically means is that your wealth is a function of how much money you have in the bank, the assets that you've acquired um, and accumulated and so forth. And I, I don't think that's true, um, at least not for entrepreneurs. I think for entrepreneurs, wealth is much less a function of the assets or money that you happen to have at the moment and much more a function of the earning power that you've created. And what I realized in that position is that, you know, if I was just focused on reducing my debt and, and you know, increasing my assets, then yeah, while sure, that's an important thing to do, I would never reach a point where I had a lot of freedom or, or potential to do very much. Whereas if I made sure to meet all my commitments, but I focused on growing my earning power, then my situation could change relatively quickly and, and quite dramatically. And that's really what's happened. Well, tell me about, you know, why, why, why go online? Why, why firepolemarketing.com? You know, why, why do it that, that, that through that course of action then to do that? Well, after that's a great question. And I mean, there are a whole bunch of reasons why I like the online environment. You know, you can access a lot of people. You can, um, you're not faced with a lot, of a lot of the limitations of scale of traditional business. But the situation that I was in is that after my business kind of fell apart, I was just, you know, looking to rebuild my consulting practice. And I was going to a lot of networking events and shaking hands and, you know, building relationships and, and selling, you know, marketing and strategy services because that's what I'd learned how to do very well. And my sweet spot is small business owners and entrepreneurs, like really small, like, you know, zero to 10 employees and closer to zero than to 10. And I found that there were a lot of people in that range who had built successful businesses. They were doing well. They could afford my services. And within a couple of years, I'd built a decent sized practice. 
But there were also a lot of people in that range who were not doing well at all, needed a ton of help, and couldn't afford to pay for it. And I found that I was giving away a lot of my time for free to help them out. And there's nothing wrong with that. I was fine with that because a lot of people had helped me out when I was getting started that didn't have to. So, you know, you pay it forward. But that wasn't scalable. And so this idea of firepole marketing kind of came from maybe I'll create a course that teaches the stuff that I know they need in a in a format and at a price that they can afford. And, you know, maybe that'll solve their problem. So I built this course. I spent I did what I, I now teach my students never to do. I spent thousands of hours building this enormous course, which was containing and teaching everything that I thought they needed as opposed to what they knew they wanted, um, which is why it never sold very well. But I built this course, and I was like, well, how am I going to get the word out? And that's when I looked to the online world to spread the word about this course. And one thing led to another, and Firepool Marketing became this enormous community. And then having, you know, being much more plugged into the, to this community and this audience and getting direct feedback from them around what it is they actually wanted, that turned into the, the blockbuster products that we built and sold to this day. So tell me about building that audience in the first place then, uh, specifically online. I mean, I, I, I look at it and I see it's obviously a lot of great content that you're pushing out. But what was like the thought process as you, as you got started before you began and then as you, as you grew in size and readership? Um, so the, the thing about the answer to that question is that success can be presented in hindsight as being a lot more premeditated than it really is. So... I could kind of tell you a fairy tale of what a straight line was from you know zero with a quarter of a million dollars in debt to where we are now, but that would not be true. Um, the reality is much more winding, and there were a lot of false starts and, and dead-end paths along the way. Um, and it might make for an interesting story, but I don't think it'll be super useful to your audience. So what I'll share is more of a, if I had done everything right and cut out all of the <laughs> wrong turns, here's what it would have looked like. Does that, does that work for you? Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. So fundamentally, you start by figuring out who it is that you wanted to serve. That you want to serve. And, and for me, it was you know small business owners, entrepreneurs, zero to ten employees. That was kind of my my starting place. And figuring out well, what is it that they need that I can help them with? And once you've done that, you want to start thinking really critically about well, what am I bringing to the table that's new? You know, am I just a knockoff of you know this or that expert that is online already? That's not helpful. So what is a unique angle that I can offer? And, you know, you can do a positioning matrix. And, all, and, and I mean, anyone listening to this, you can just Google what, a, what is a positioning matrix and you can find a tutorial for how to do that. But you figure out your positioning, figure out what you can offer the market that's a little bit different and unique. And you create something that you can give away to people that really touches on that nerve that you think you can serve, you can help with. And once you've got that basic infrastructure, a landing page, a page that people can get to and give you their name and email address in exchange for your free um, ebook, video course, infographic, whatever the format is, but that free piece of content that helps to alleviate that pain that you want to help people solve, you've got that basic infrastructure in place. It's time to get traffic to that site, to get people to discover that site and choose to begin a relationship with you or not. Now, there are lots and lots of ways to get traffic in the online world. And I recommend, I teach my students to stay away from most of those methods. Not because they're, they're quote-unquote bad, but because they're just not going to be very effective when you're getting started. Um, you can divide every traffic strategy in the world into broadly two categories. There is warm traffic, 
And then there's cold traffic. Now, cold traffic is when someone arrives at your site because basically a, a computer told them to. So a search algorithm or an ad rotation or um, you know something in their newsfeed, anything where it's really they're responding to a piece of technology directing them there. There is no one that has explicitly or implicitly told them, go check out this person. I think they're great. And that's what warm traffic is. Warm traffic is endorsed traffic. It's when someone lands on your page because someone they trust told them to. And that's the only kind of traffic that I recommend people go after when they're getting started. And there are a lot of ways to get that traffic. But fundamentally, you're looking at finding communities of the people that you want to reach that are already aggregated online. And if there are no such communities, and it's a difficult market, you might want to look at a different one. But there are aggregated communities in many, many cases. And they can be aggregated on blogs or in forums or in Facebook groups or, or lots of other places, right? These groups aggregate all over the place. And, and the specific mechanism will vary from market to market. But you find the group that is aggregated you know, in a useful way, in a way that you can say, yes, there are a lot of the people I want to reach in this group. And you start participating in that community, um, getting involved in the conversations, sharing your perspectives. And hopefully, you know, if you've got something to say that is actually useful to them, they'll start to notice you. And you're not going to get suddenly droves of traffic back to your landing page. It doesn't work that way. But people will start noticing, and the occasional person will click through your signature link, for example, and find you and join your mailing list. You're not going to get a ton of people. But you can, if you work hard at this, you put in you know, 10 to 20 hours a week for a couple of months, you can get your first 100, maybe 200 subscribers this way. And it's not just about hitting that number, but it's about hitting that number in a way that makes you a known entity in the community. And if you do that, you're going to be ready to then step up into um, a, a stronger, more powerful role of contribution. You can start contributing to that community. You can reach out to the owners or the curators or the leaders of those communities and say, hey, you know, I've been involved in the, the discussion going on in your community, and it's true, you have been, and they will recognize you, which means you're a known quantity. They're much more likely to engage and interact and respond. And you'll say, you know, I've been thinking that an article about fill in the blank, whatever would be interesting or relevant, I think an article about this would be interesting and useful to your audience. I'd like to write it. What do you think? Would you like to see a draft? And maybe if you like it, you can run it. And if you've already earned their trust, then they're very likely to say, yeah, sure, you know, write a draft. Let's see what we can do. I'm, I'm always happy to have something great to put in front of my audience. And when you write that up and you send it over, they publish it, and a lot of people are going to read it, and some of them are going to click through and, again, come to your landing page. And that's when you multiply your reach. And, of course, there's more to do after that. You're not going to just keep doing those guest posts over and over and over again forever there comes a point where there's diminishing returns on that too. But for, from what I've just shared, you can quite easily go in, let's say, six months from zero to you know, your first several thousand subscribers. And at that point, you're, you're leading you know, what, is, what is the core of a strong community that can drive your business and allow you to make the impact that you want to make. You know, I'm curious. Uh, I, I didn't expect to ask this question, but, but hearing you, you know, tell us or talk about the strategy, which... Obviously, I completely agree with. I think it's a great way to go about it. You know, what's a number of, of people that you you would, would be a solid number of, uh, I suppose, people on a list that would be worthwhile for somebody who is starting a business online would say that this is a good number. And I know that can kind of uh, change depending on industry and, and purpose, but could you, do you have any suggestions on that? Like, what is a good number or if that's even the aim that you want to uh, kind of focus on? 
in terms of how many subscribers you want your for your own business? Yeah, something that, like in terms of like what what's like the number of subscribers that you would need to to you know be able to bring in steady cash flow or something like that. For example, it depends on the kind of business you're running, the kind of industry you're in, and and how much cash you need. But usually, the tipping point where you're going to go from your business not being able to generate any significant revenue for you to the point where it can probably meet most of your needs is somewhere along the spectrum between 1,000 and 10,000 subscribers. Gotcha. Okay, interesting. So now when, when something like, you, you know, the way you built your platform, which is, which is very much based in the same methodology you just described, how do you, you know, where does something like your book, uh, the Amazon bestseller, come in in terms of like, you know, why write a book? Why, why publish on Amazon? Um, oh, well, okay, those are a lot of different questions. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I sometimes I, do that. Attack. I got a few. So, uh, would you like me to get very specific, or would you like to just take? Well, it where, where do you want me to start? Well, I mean, I'm curious. Like, where does something like writing and publishing uh, a book fit into this overarching strategy? Okay, a book is, um, and a book it doesn't have to be a book per se. It can be any kind of significant piece of work that you are publishing out into the world. Um, it's something that works really well to take a certain amount of traction you've already got and multiply it. So I published Engagement from Scratch about a year after I kind of started all this, you know, business audience growth, outreach, etc. And at the time I had almost a thousand subscribers when I launched the book. But more important than the number of subscribers, and, and you know the number is valuable, every one of them was someone who had read my stuff and engaged with, with my work, and that's powerful. But even more important than that is that I gained those subscribers by creating a lot of great content for a lot of websites. Right? I guest posted on a lot of huge sites all over the internet. And what that meant is that I was in a position, I had the relationships at that point, to reach out to all the owners of these sites and say, hey, I just published this book would you like to, to tell your audience about it? And I was smart about the way I, I did the publication. It was available on Amazon, but I also let people get it for free as a download in exchange for their name and email address. And so what that did is it took the baseline of, of an audience and engagement that I had, and it multiplied it. I literally doubled the size of my audience overnight on the day the book was published. And it continued to grow at a much faster pace for the next few months as a result. Um, it's not something that I would recommend people do if they're starting at zero because then nobody's going to know a book. No, nobody's going to know about it. It's kind of like, you know, if a, if a book is published in the forest and nobody is there to see it, does it make a sound? Well, no, it doesn't. So I would wait till you have a baseline of an audience and a thousand people is kind of a good um, rule of thumb. As long as you, you built those relationships legitimately and through warm traffic, because that means that you're going to have a network that you can reach out to. It's, it's a good way of multiplying your impact and your reach. I love that. Okay. So, and, and just because I'm, I'm particularly curious in this, this is always something, I, a conversation I'd love to get into, uh, book publishing and things like that. Uh, specifically, like your strategy for launching. So tell me a little bit about, if, if, you, if you can remember or if you, know, if you know the numbers off the top of your head, you don't have to get too specific, but I'm curious. Um, the launch was obviously very, very big, very successful. It ended up doubling the size of your list. So overnight, it, it multiplied it several times within a few days. And so, tell me a little bit about that. How did you? How how did it? Was it that people downloaded the book and then through the book you had a link back to your website to like get them to sign in, or how, how did you actually double your? How did you practically speaking double your list from mm -hmm. an Amazon book? Well, so it's an important distinction here. Like I said, I gave the book away for free in exchange for a name and email address. 
So the book went live on Amazon, um, you know, paperback and Kindle. And, and it's important, I think, bid is paper because these days anyone can hit publish on a Word document and turn it into a Kindle book. And there isn't a lot of value, a lot of perceived value there. So you want to do the work to really make it something special. Um, but it went live on, on those platforms, but it was also available as a free download. People could give me their name and email address and just opt in and get the PDF for free. And when I had all my partners share it with their audience, it wasn't, hey, tell them about this book they can go buy on Amazon. It's a, hey, I just published this book on Amazon. You can send them a link to go download it for free. And that's where we did all the promotion. We pointed all the promotion to go download the book for free. Interesting. So you didn't actually use an Amazon-specific uh, you know, promotion, like free promotion on Amazon. You made it fixed price on Amazon at a set price, and then you said, but hey, you can grab it for free if you sign up for this list. Is that correct? That's exactly right. That's awesome. I really like that strategy, just uh, you know, particularly. I think that's really clever and uh, a good way to go about it. And so doing that, though, you now doubled your list. What was the, the practical impact on what you were creating, um, what, your, what your list size doubled? And again, um, in the context of these are you know, what, the way you describe, I suppose, you know, warm traffic, um, you know, how, how did that impact what you were creating and what you were building? Um, well, in, in very direct terms, and, and I kind of hear, because behind, behind your question, you're, I, I think you're also kind of asking, you know, what's the benefit of giving it away for free instead of, instead of selling books, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure, exactly. So my response, I have a few responses to that. The first is, people because people ask me, you know, weren't you afraid about cannibalizing book sales? And the answer is, first of all, no, I wasn't. I couldn't care less about cannibalizing book sales because book sales don't amount to much. And just as a frame of reference, um, in 2012, and so we published this book at the very end of 2011, so basically the first year's life of the book was 2012, um, we generated, I want to say about $12,000 in revenue selling the book, which is a lot for, for a book. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm very happy with that. But we also generated about a quarter of a million dollars in revenue and sales created by that, that started with a relationship where somebody downloaded the book for free. So would I sacrifice those quarter of a million dollars to sell another $12,000 worth of books? Definitely not. So I couldn't care less about cannibalizing book sales. And that kind of speaks to the direct impact. That being said, it doesn't even cannibalize book sales because for every person who will buy the book, there are probably about 15 or 20 who will download it for free. And some of them are then not going to buy the book because they have it anyway. But you're also, especially if it's a good book, you'll find people who start reading it and really like it and don't want to read 241 pages on their laptop. And then they go and buy the book. And so you end up probably making more sales than you would have otherwise. And also, if people download it through you, then they're on your list. You can send them follow-up emails. And one follow-up email that I would send is about a week or 10 days later, I'd say, hey, you know, you downloaded the book. Have you had a chance to start reading it? And if you're liking it, would you mind writing a review on Amazon? Which is totally legitimate. They got the book. I'm not asking them to make stuff up. You know, I just, you know if you liked it, could you write a review? And that's why my book has close to 200 five-star reviews on Amazon. And, you know, they're not all five-star, but the vast majority of them are because, you know, I worked hard to make it a good book. And that also feeds more sales through Amazon. Yeah, and then I suppose uh, on, on the, the back end, kind of what you said is the, the, other, the other, the growth 
um, in terms of revenue that it created on the on the back end, which is to say, not even through the, the book itself, but by by adding people to your list, by get by having people opt into your list and now be a part of your community, that's what generated probably the the most uh, by far uh, revenue versus just like a single Kindle book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah, that's great stuff. I love hearing that. Um, so now you know you 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 launched this. That was you said I think what beginning of that was end of 2011. Is that correct? When you actually when we launched the book, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's been a f- couple of years, uh, you know, and you've you've gotten over 200 reviews, which is pretty incredible. Um, and I think it's been downloaded over 50,000 times. Um, I think we're past 75,000. I, I don't watch those numbers very closely, but it's been downloaded more than 75,000 times. Okay, so now what you know? What are you guys getting into now in terms of like you built this audience? You you know you've done these various projects now. Now where are you at right now in terms of like like currently and and going forward, like looking into 2015? Like where's where's Firepole Marketing at right now? Um, well, we've certainly grown a lot in a way that's been very exciting. Um, you know, our, our headcount, we started off, it was me with a partner who didn't stay with the business very long and, and Megan, who was my assistant at the time. Um, and now there are 15 of us. Um, we've launched since the, since the book, we launched, um, I'll say two and a half because the third one is launching technically in January. So <laughs> we're almost there. Um, but three blockbuster products, um, which is where most of our focus has been, you know, on selling these various products and working with the students that come through those products, because ultimately, you know, I, I really see us as running an online school. So I'm responsible for the outcomes that my students experience. Um, we spent a lot of this year, in addition to, you know, selling and supporting our students and launching, developing this new product that is going to launch in January. Um, we spent a lot of this year kind of professionalizing the business. Um, putting a lot more systems and processes in place, um, upgrading to more industry um, or enterprise level tools. Um, so, for example, you know, we switched uh, our email to HubSpot, which is a, a much more enterprise level email management tool in order to be able to effectively correspond and communicate with the members of our audience. And all these tools, you know, they're more expensive and it's more work to stitch them together. But when you reach a certain scale, you, you need everything to kind of really hum and work well effectively together. And so that's kind of where we are. And, and this is intended to be a really strong foundation for some really exciting projects in the future. And I, I can't share too much just yet because, well, first of all, because it's, it's a very fast moving business in a very fast moving mm-hmm. space. So, you know who knows what it's going to be <laughs> in a year or two, but um, also, you know, there's stuff that we're working on that's still confidential, but mm-hmm. I can definitely say that where we're at right now, as excited as I am about what we've achieved, it's really just the beginning. You know, I, I, I was going to try to wrap this up at about 25 minutes. So I'm a little bit over that. I apologize. I'd love to ask you a couple more questions if that's okay. If you still have time. Uh, sure. I've got a bit more time okay. and we're having fun. Sure. Great. Well, so I'm curious, you know, you, you brought this up, about you know when you're scaling, about putting in like certain systems and processes. Can you take me through like your mindset when when it comes to that? When when it comes to building a business and how you how you systematize it, how you put in those processes, and uh, yeah, and just kind of like take it from there. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so I want to share stuff that's going to be useful to your listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like the stuff that I'm doing to systematize a business that's already making seven figures is probably not super relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say, though, is that I hear a lot of advice from people who are in a place more or less like I am, and it's intended for people at much earlier stages in their business, and it makes me cringe because it's, 
like what I, for exactly the reason I said, the stuff that I'm doing in my business right now, if I had done this when we were making, when we were kind of a six-figure business, it wouldn't have made any sense. It would have been bad for the business. When you're early on in what you're doing, you don't want to focus too much on systems and processes or scaling. You want to do things that don't scale because you want to do things quickly and get them out the door and get results and see what works and what doesn't. Um, there's a Bill Gates quote that I don't remember exactly, so I'm going to butcher it, but the sentiment is his, so he gets credit for that. And it's basically the idea that if you systematize or, or automate a process that is not efficient, that is not effective, then you're going to just multiply the inefficiency. Mm. And so you want to get it right first. Um, and I would imagine that most of your listeners are kind of in a place where it's not about how do I systematize and have systems that will scale up to a million dollars or whatever the number is. It's more about how do I get results quickly and see what's working and see what isn't working and do more of that. And then there will come a time when you'll want to do, I mean, you're not going to like overhaul or do a quote unquote makeover of your business to put in systems across everything, but there will come a time when you want to take a step back and say, you know, in addition to everything else, the next six months or 12 months, I want to professionalize this business. And we, you know, this is what we've been doing for a lot of the year. So I get that. But for the most part, putting systems and processes in place, it's something that happens on an ongoing organic basis. When you see something that you've, been doing that is just breaking um, or not working as well or, or taking too much time. And that can just be a process that you're doing manually that is taking up a lot of your time. So it's like, how can I save some of that time? It can be a process where there are just too many things falling between the cracks. I mean, a great example of this is, you know, in our trying to schedule this interview, um, I think this is the third or fourth time that we had booked and we kept having a meeting time scheduled that um, wasn't in one of our calendars. Now, if that happens once, it's because either you or I was not paying attention. But if it happens repeatedly, then clearly there's something wrong with the way, like, and, and you know, I take, I don't know where the responsibility lies. I take a lot of it on myself. Um, but clearly there's something in the way that I am scheduling and booking appointments that is not making it all the way through to my and the other person's calendar, right? And at that point, you've, you've got to say, okay, it's not just, you don't just try harder, you look at the process and you fix it. Love that example. <laughs> and it's, it is appropriate. So very cool. I, I like your, your thought process on that. And that, that is actually probably one of the best explanations I've heard. I like how you, uh, you approach it from, from the organic standpoint because I think it's something I, I deal with as well as, as I'm growing my platform to see where I can kind of become and make things more efficient, but at the same time not kind of being at that growth level where it's like, make sense to do any major overhauls until I like have, have hit a certain point. So I think that's very good stuff. Well, Danny, Hey man, I know we, we kind of, we're at the 30 minute mark, so I'm going to go ahead and um, just, uh, you know, finish this up here and say, awesome. I love, you know, love the conversation. I always learn so much every time I talk to you. So thank you so much for being on in the trenches with us. Tom, it is absolutely my pleasure. I'm grateful to you for having me on the show. I'm grateful to you for your friendship in general. And uh, thank you to all of your listeners. I mean, you guys have been hanging around and listening to this for the last half hour when you could have been doing a lot of other things. So I hope this has been a useful and uh, helpful investment of your time. Awesome, Danny. Thanks so much. And finally, um, where can people come and find you and reach out to you and connect with you? Um, if you go to firepolemarketing.com, that's fire is F-I-R-E, pole is P-O-L-E. 
So it's like a poll you slide down in a fire station, not a poll where you're standing on a street corner and asking questions. Uh, marketing.com. And uh, you can sign up right there. Um, we've got, a, ser- seriously, a metric ton of amazing free stuff on that site, including my book that you can get access to for free. And if you are listening to this and you have any questions for me, um, just send me an email directly, danny at firepolemarketing.com. I answer usually all of my emails within 24 hours. And if I can be helpful, I'm happy to. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you're interested in checking out the show notes, just head over to tomworkers.com slash podcast to see our latest episodes. Also, I just wanted to give a quick update to fans and listeners of In the Trenches and specifically what I'm working on right now. For the past two years, I've been publishing books, my own and others, through Insurgent Publishing, my boutique publishing company. In the past six months alone, I've helped four individual authors launch their books to bestseller on Amazon, including Dan Norris's The Seven Day Startup and David Nihill's Do You Talk Funny, among others. And both of those books are still top of the charts months after launch. I've learned two important things from all this. Number one, that people still read books. And believe it or not, they're willing to pay for the good ones. And number two, the $60 billion book industry is only getting bigger and the barrier to entry is only getting lower, which means access to this market has never been closer to the average writer, blogger, or author. It is literally within the grasp of anyone who wants it. But you need to know how to approach it the right way, with patience, with a strategy, and with the right implementation and execution. That's why I've been able to launch so many bestsellers, many that are still top of the charts, because we brought great books to the people who wanted and would pay for them. No slimy sales tactics, just honest, powerful marketing. Now, I want to show other authors and publishers how to do the same. Four months ago, I launched the pre-beta to a new super secret platform called Publishers Empire. In that time, I've helped a dozen authors and publishers start to bring their ideas to life. And with their help and feedback, we've quickly developed what is, in my opinion, the best, most comprehensive publishing training platform in the world. And now I'm getting ready to open the doors up to a few more students. So if you're interested in being part of a tight-knit family of publishers who help and support one another through their writing and publishing projects, if you want access to over 100 HT training videos to take you through the writing and publishing process, if you want access to proven copy-and-paste book marketing and sales copy, stuff that we've used to launch bestsellers, And if you'd like professional book covers and templates, you could plug your own work into and look like a pro in minutes. And if you'd like all of that while getting the chance to be mentored by me, check out publishersempire.com and sign up to be notified when we launch. That's www.publishersempire.com. I hope to see you there. As always, this is Tom Morkus. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Thank you for listening to In The Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.